Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is a member of the Believe Podcast family. That's spelled B-L-E-A-V. And, uh, yeah, Believe, the podcast network, did not get me a Valentine's gift of the name of my own podcast. It still reads Believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Report, which, um, it's it's weird, and it feels like, uh, you know, (laughs) I'm in this weird special lesser regarded class in podcasts because i have to have my podcast network name in the name of my show but you know they give us ads we actually do have ads so thanks believe um is the thing i say uh anyways on to this week's great guests uh great comedian was a staple in new york and now is a staple in la and writes for so many things including and currently Southside, which was just renewed for a third season at HBO Max. Give it up for Will Miles, everybody. Yeah, thank you, thank you. You're welcome, man. And excited to be a part of Believe. Uh, (laughs) Believe, yes. (laughs) Is there a way to say that without sounding sarcastic? (laughs) (laughs) It's just, uh, you know, it sounds like I'm saying believe, and it's like, is is that what I just said, believe? No. Right, right. I wish, I don't know when the trend started. I feel like maybe it's just before Tumblr, but like, you know, brands just, let's let's mispre- let's misspell and mispronounce a word. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like they did not think of like comedians existing in this reality of like, oh, you know, that's going to be made fun of, right? <laughs> <laughs> but there'll be articles about it, uh, you know, years later on Vulture. No. <laughs> <laughs> That will will hopefully still be spelled like the actual word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, they hopefully they won't get bought by another conglomerate and just they, they have to lose the e, <laughs> the e Vulture. and the u. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, how's it going, man? Uh, it's good. I'm uh, I'm just chilling. This is my sort of office space right now. It's got uh, no no defined 
It's just a desk in the middle of a room. Right. <laughs> now, we, if you had your druthers of like, like, you know, whenever we can actually just freely go back into enclosed spaces with people and you can have an office space in a building, yeah, would yeah. you make your office look like this with a bed? <laughs> Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> just like straight up like, taking naps in the middle of the day because you can't. Oh, man. who I was just at somebody's house and their home office has a, a big day bed. Uh-huh. Like, oh, that's so smart. Like, that's a good idea. <laughs> just yeah. like she works at her desk and then she, right behind her, she can get on this day bed. I'm like, I wish I could do that. Yeah, I need I need that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I guess I had a but Jesus almost like a year ago in the thick of the pandemic she got a dub i think it was like a double wide chaise lounge which uh feels uh kind of contradictory like the idea of a double wide and a chaise lounge yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh it was beautiful it was like blue velvet and it was just like a, a couch sized uh like or, <laughs> or like a queen size bed made out of couch yeah see that sounds awesome yeah yeah this might even be the same person i don't know but yeah that's that sounds incredible i mean yeah, yeah that's what absolutely yeah. um so are you i i mean i know you're you are busy going out doing stand-up uh Southside just got renewed but am i though no <laughs> huh? are you am i though i mean <laughs> well what's it like i mean like because you're you uh you're married to another great comedian uh julia ronsi and you have uh you have child yeah uh, stella uh, i believe is what stella, your yeah. website bio said stella yeah you know the thing is uh i go up when i have time <laughs> and it's like <laughs> I, I was just saying to her the other day like man there's a lot of points in my uh in my night when I'm like I didn't really want to do anything else like you know you put her to bed and you're like all right well that was that was fun that was, that was the day and right, then you, right. when you also have to go out and do stand-up it's like oh boy right that's, that's another that's another day <laughs> I I know have it like raising a child especially in those early years can be taxing but like so when when you put her to bed do you okay so you're spent energetically but do you are you like fulfilled as well it's like oh yeah yeah oh great and especially once I get back in a writer like it helps to be married to a comedian so there, there are jokes all day um, and then yeah. you get into a writer's room too it's like oh now I've got all sorts of jokes all day and now i'm done <laughs> oh yeah so you're it the itch is scratch you don't need to like a lot of know. times yeah <laughs> i mean i, I mean, still i still love stand up it's still why i got into all of this anyway right it is it's hard to uh it's hard to want to do it every night i mean i can't do that anymore probably right so would, would it be uh, i mean how would you um you know, I feel like, oh, Jesus, anybody in comedy is a multi-hyphenate now, but like, how would you order your titles of like comedian, writer, actor? Like what comes first? Writer <laughs> up here. Yeah. <laughs> like writer, way up there? Way up there is writer. <laughs> yeah. Really, I'm having a lot of fun doing that part. Writer, comedian, actor. I'm still, comedian still goes above actor because I I feel like I'm getting my footing in that. I'm still figuring it out, but mm-hmm. I like it now in a way that I didn't used to acting. Yeah. I used to hate it. Cause I would be like, why do I, why would I do like, you have to focus on how I look. And then I just don't understand that. <laughs> like, uh-huh. I, I want to dress how I want to dress. I don't want to dress like a character. <laughs> right. 
but now with Southside, I'm, I'm, I got it. I sort of understood it better where I'm like, oh, no, this is like, this could be really fun right. if you do it. And it's really fun. And then you'll want to oh. do it more. So I'm like, yeah, all right. Still third, though. But yeah. Of course. What about Southside changed that for you with like, play, like, uh, I don't want to play pretend anymore to, okay, this is. Yeah. <laughs> I think having, being part of the writing process definitely helps because then it's like, oh, yeah, well, I know the. I know how I did this joke in the writer's room or I know how I, uh, you know, I know because I a lot of uh, getting cast as that character was me being like, what if that character said this enough times to where they were like, fine, you definitely want to play that character. Just do it. Right. So, right. <laughs> so there's a lot of that. And then. Uh, oh, so it's like, yeah, uh, Brett Goldstein. I feel like that's tra- tra- uh, the trajectory Brett Goldstein had with Roy Kent. Yeah, they, I just I just read about that. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote it and they were like trying to cast it. And then he just like very like nervously submitted a tape and he and uh he got the part yeah yeah hell yeah i like i think i just somebody else was just saying they got their part like that too and they were writing in the oh maybe it was jordan but like they were writing in the in the room and they were like this this feels like me right <laughs> uh, yeah and i do think that's great considering look i don't i don't mean if, uh, you know i am going to make a sweeping generalization but i hope i people who are outside of it understand that that doesn't count for them but i feel like so many actors and actresses are empty vessels as that's part of their job. Um, and I'm sure in that they like have to sort of shut off a part of their brain. That's like, we, wow, what I'm about to say is incredibly stupid or poorly written. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and even as a writer, I was like, I, I feel like you can't really feel the actor say that when you wrote it, mm-hmm. but you can kind of right. You're like oh you didn't like and that and that's when like if i were a director as well i'm not but if i were i would i'd be like you can improvise that <laughs> like that's just a guide like you don't have to do that and i think part of it too with writing helping write it is like now i know that i can improvise that line right because <laughs> it's like oh yeah that didn't feel right coming out of my mouth so let me go ahead and say something else and i read like jake johnson mm-hmm big part of his acting is uh is not doing the script really <laughs> wow i know he well he said it he was like the way i work is i'll look at the script sure but then i'll be like this is what i would say so i'm just going to say it this way and that's kind of i mean it, it works out he's he's very funny on new girl and stuff so oh yeah and he, he's in plenty of things but i will say i mean knowing that i mean everything i ever seen jake johnson in he's uh, he unmistakably sounds like himself yeah yeah exactly yeah like, there's no, like, I can't, like, even if I, I don't think he would be put in this type of thing because of how he acts. But, like, if he was in a period piece, <laughs> like, if he was in that, if he got cast in, like, season two of The Gilded Age, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it might be a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do you feel, or, I mean, like, when you know that you wrote your own joke, um, do you feel like more empowered by, it, or do you like, oh, you know, now that I'm saying it, it doesn't work, and I now I feel like improv. Like, what's your experience with saying the words that you wrote on camera? Uh, it's it is. Uh, I feel like there is a big portion where you do cut off the fact that you wrote it mm-hmm. in those moments where you're like, oh wait, because when you write it in such a way that you're like, I don't know, the writers' room is just so fun that you're kind of just throwing a bunch of jokes out all day. Right. So then when you finally do have the full script, even if you wrote that script, like mm-hmm. that's still part of the fun process where you're like, 
you're still trying to add new weird shit or new right. jokes to the script mm-hmm. that everyone like went over in the outline and you're like well i'm still having fun but then when you realize like it's on it's going to be on tv <laughs> and you're like so i got to deliver this in the way that's going to connect with people who are right. watching then right. and i got to make it seem as funny as it was in the room so then there's more of like a I feel like less of a writer when I'm acting and more, unless they give me a chance to improvise. And even then I still feel like it's, it's more the acting bug or like acting thing or something. I don't know, but mm-hmm. yeah, just uh, you, you start to be more dedicated to the, to the written word when you're acting, because you're like, I don't want to fuck this up. Like what do <laughs> I know as a writer, like as a, in the writer's room, sure. We all know this is funny, but right what if i'm wrong out here (laughs) yeah 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 it's funny you got yeah you don't want it to be like you know if someone's tuning in like am i just walking into the middle of like a herald yeah yeah (laughs) what is happening i don't know (laughs) like is this still on story like the story's got to make so much sense yeah 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 Uh, rather than having a year worth of in jokes that you just reference yep 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 uh, that, that's actually the this isn't in the outline but there's a there's a new chip and dale movie coming out where john mulaney like voices chip and i think like andy sandberg voices dale have you seen the trailer for it no but i was up for it so I'm yeah. it's little... so meta that it's like a i don't think this is for kids and <laughs> yeah. b like I think it's really testing how self-referential you can be in comedy. Really? Like, okay, yeah. Yeah. Cause there's like, okay. So it's technically set in a live action world kind of some of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And then chip is animated kind of like chip and then Dale is CGI. Oh really? And, then, and yeah. And then they comment like, Oh, I got the CGI surgery. <laughs> and then that's like a whole thing and then it takes place like 30 years after like the series went off the air and there's like a bit of an e true hollywood story vibe to it at least from the trailer yeah that sounds familiar yeah and yeah. then there's like all these jokes like they uh, uh, i mean you know they run into i i don't know they I guess they end up in a video game world and seth rogan is like this Skyrim character and they make fun of like the difference in animation style where like the eyeline is off because of the CGI. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. Which is like again, I don't think this is for kids. What is what no, is this yeah. for? It's probably for us, it's for nostalgia people, like uh, it's for for specifically comedy writers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mainly, yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, because that great. seems yeah. so bizarre, but yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's I mean, these are the details that like like nitpicky comedians yeah. and comedy writers like pick at. But, you know, I mean, How I Met Your Father was pretty much panned across the board and then it got renewed for season two. So yeah, I mean, what do we know? About, nobody knows anything. I mean, there's something that Seth Rogen always says where he's like, uh, you know, he, he basically says to get rid of the Oscars because like how many Oscars has he been up to up for? Right. But also, you know, how many uh, movies does he have that everyone loves and stand the test of time it's like i'd rather be that i agree with him on that like i'd rather be right and this is the end than in like belfast personally (laughs) sure no i get that yeah but to that point i will say to all the the fanboys out there do not die on the hill of spider-man no way home that is not the best marvel movie 
Yeah. Well, is that the latest one? It's the latest one. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see that one yet because it's only it was only in theaters. Right. But like uh, they, you know, if you I don't care if you're Martin Scorsese or not, if you look at the pantheon of the MCU, it's it's not the best one. It's like one of the highest grossing ones. But that had there are a lot of other circumstances outside the movie that had to do with that. But also, like in game is one of the highest grossing too, and that's not my favorite. No, I mean, like so much of the current phase four, which I think is such a weird there, there's so much of Marvel that has to do with the actual making of the movie that is its own story, its own like superhero story in its own way, and the actual like putting the pieces together to like basically have every 10 movies that everything converges in one movie right 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 yeah like uh yeah but i i like that they give they do make good choices with like taika watiti doing thor ragnarok i was like oh yeah that's that's probably one of my favorites of the whole mcu yeah i think that's great it's definitely stands so far above kenneth Branagh, like shakespearean trained kenneth (laughs) Branagh's thor yeah 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 i i yeah i uh i agree wholeheartedly yeah. But I mean, he did Belfast, right? So he's a. Uh, <laughs> this is his, uh, you know, he's Oscar guy. Right. Taika, Taika's like, I'm just gonna do shit that people are gonna love. Right. Well, I wish that like Kenneth. I feel like you know, even with Chloe Zhao and the Eternals, like as much as they try to write about like her making a Marvel movie, I think that was the thing is she just made a Marvel movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like versus, like I would have loved to see her extremely artsy, like yeah. Super, yeah. superhero movie, or like if Kenneth Branagh was going to do Thor, like what if he did Thor, like the Coen Brothers did Macbeth? Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, ex- exactly though. Like make it your own completely. I didn't see Eternals either, but she did. Uh, what did she do? She did. Um, she won Nomadland. an Oscar, right? Huh? No, she won an Oscar, didn't she? Yeah, for Nomadland. Nomadland. Uh, Francis McDormand, right? Yeah, which was great. And I just like, I mean, there's such, you know, it's so formulaic with a lot of these movies that I just want to see anything different. Like, I don't mind there being good guys and bad guys and that sort of tried and true, like, structure. But I just like, yeah, be weird about it in any sort of out there way, if it's like expressionistic or if it's like, um. I don't know, to like imagining Lars von Trier or David Lynch trying to do a Marvel movie. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Scorsese would be a fun Marvel movie. I know he, he sort of talks shit, but I'm like, yeah. I would like to see you do a, a like a the Departed style version of Gambit. Like that yeah, Gambit fun. or like have him like uh, take on uh, the whole Defenders part of the MCU. Yeah, yeah. He, he would or have a bunch of people get shot. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Peacemaker? James Gunn is doing... Oh yeah, James Gunn is kind of a golden boy in like comic book movies because I mean yeah. he's played both sides. Has he? Wait, Marvel and DC. Oh, I know Marvel and DC. That is shocking. Yeah, I still don't understand how he gets away with that. I'm like, but he changed the like Guardians of the Galaxy to me is what got me really hardcore back into making sure I was keeping up with the Marvel stuff. Right. Because I watched one and I was like, wait, with my nieces who just watch all the Marvel stuff. Right. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm missing out. <laughs> I was like, I haven't <laughs> watched in like a couple of years. This is really good. It's funny as hell. And do you like, like what? What do you think of what DC has done? And, and this is a comedy podcast and we will get back to comedy. In a yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, what do you think? Of, 
DC do it like how they've fared in the last 10 years? I think they're stepping it up right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> how diplomatic of you. Right. You know, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Baker's fantastic. Suicide Squad was great. The yeah. Suicide Squad. I mean, uh, whatever the recent one was. Yeah, the yeah, well, that that's a weird move on DC's part where they did not call it Suicide Squad 2. They just yeah. called it Suicide Squad to just supplant <laughs> the thing that forget about that last that everybody hated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm like, if this is where they're going with it, and somebody like said something about how Peacemaker has no real story, I'm like, so like it it kind of does. I mean, there's something in the background of every scene. Yeah. Each character brings some shit to them with I, them. who the hell said Peacemaker has no story. I forget. Somebody said it online, I think. And I'm only online like maybe 30 minutes a day. So I'm like, right. I either I either get too mad early on or I uh it might go up to 45 if I like see a bunch of funny memes, but sure. <laughs> so a lot of times I'll get on there, it'll be arguments. I'm like, I'm not involved in this argument, and I'll sign right. off. And that was right. one of them that made me sign off. I was like, fuck you. Peacemaker's great. I love it. Right. I'll take no shade on Peacemaker. This, this comment I've been hearing time and again, I think, where I, I, I don't know where people are getting at. Like, people criticize Licorice Pizza for not having a story. Oh, yeah. It has a story. It's just an yeah. incredibly simple story. Yeah, exactly. This way Which, too by the young way, kid. We got to, we got to used to, like, prestige shit. Yeah. Where there's, like, so much backstory. And it's like, sometimes what what does day look like like that's the yeah. story <laughs> yeah oh what's your day look like because you're trying to like get with a girl that's like eight years older than you yeah yeah yeah. we've yeah. all done that right <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't a, have to be more complicated you know <laughs> i had a bunch of licorice pizzas of my own that never worked out <laughs> my, bro- <laughs> my brother's right? six years older so all of his friends were always like six to eight years older than me mm-hmm. and i would be in love with them so. yeah so I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm in love with Vanessa. And then, like, it wouldn't work out, obviously, because I was, like, 16 and she was, like, 20-something. But right. I tried. Yeah. <laughs> not, even, not even probably according to her. She would be like, yeah, he came and said hi and then, like, walked away. But I'd be like, <laughs> oh, that was me asking her out, man. And she, and she said no. <sighs> you know, man, young love, how dumb is it, huh? Know, right? <laughs> but, you know, from that, like... I don't know, like you, the, we idealize this idea of like, oh, we should have just like fucking mustered up the, the courage and, and just said like, hey, I want to take you out on a date. Yeah. But I don't know if anyone really wants that because that's a high pressure question. Yes. You know, the best way to have a date is to end up on a date. End up on a date. Yeah. yeah. There's you guys hang out for a while and there's this sort of like casual debate of like wait what are we doing you know yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is like fun or you know yeah at some point definitely define it so it's not like a weird uh whatever it is but right <laughs> like yeah you know i and i say that because from personal experience like just asking <laughs> yeah. girls out directly on a date and they're like ah yeah 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 it is it's too high pressure it's very much like uh you know, well, now that means we have to like date. It's like, or do you want to grab a d- dinner or a drink? I don't know. I've been out of the game for like 10 years, so I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> congratulations to you, man. Hey, Truly. thanks. Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to get more back on Southside in a minute, but let's yeah, yeah. run through some comedy news, huh? 
It was just Safer Internet Day. Did you know that was a day? It's uh, it's a real ho- holiday. No one gets it off. But in the spirit of Safer Internet Day, have you done your part to have a safer internet? Mostly for you. Um, if you haven't, maybe you want to think about NordVPN. Uh, NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Not to mention if you, uh, you know, want to watch stuff overseas uh, in places where it's not really allowed in America, you could probably do that as well. Or vice versa, if you're overseas and you want to watch certain American YouTube clips or other videos, um, you can do that as well. Uh, plus, you can use NordVPN on, you know, everything you got. Computer, computer, mobile devices, smartphones, all that. Um, and with their unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about it being slow. Uh, which, you know, uh, I pay an arm and leg for my internet. I feel like it's taunting me uh, with only sometimes being fast. Plans start at under $4 per month. Doesn't that sound great? So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Uh, first up on the docket, uh, the White House Correspondents' Dinner is back, and a historian is not hosting it to give us a history lesson. It will have a comedian ostensibly roasting Joe Biden. Uh, Trevor Noah has been tapped to host the White House Correspondent Association's what, what used to be their annual dinner. Uh, Trump, because he's a uh, twerp, um, sat out as as soon as he got elected he said i'm not going to be part of this which is kind of ironic because he uh a lot of people point to him being roasted by seth myers in 2011 as like him starting the idea of running for president yeah oh wow really yeah and i think it would have been such a mic drop moment if he came back and just like hey i did it yeah well look here's the thing about him he's like uh all those, uh, I don't want to just roast like, you know, all these older comedians or whatever, but they're always like, oh, I can say what I want, but it's like until the tables turn. <laughs> until you're making fun of me, I can say what I want. And I feel like that's big Trump <laughs> yeah. energy. It's like, what? Come on, you're supposed to be like the, uh, you give all these people who roast people hope, don't you? Like, aren't you supposed to be, I don't know, their voice or whatever? But right. he's like, no, you bet you can't roast me. Right. Like, Come on, man, let me roast you. Right. I think yeah, obviously it, it keeps the country together if we're roasting everybody. Sure. Well, I will say as much as he, you know, thinks of himself and people kind of elevate, even comedians are like, oh, he's like our funniest president. I mean, he's like an awful person, but like he did so much actual thinking about it. Like as somebody like, you know, going on C-SPAN and roasting Trump to his face, there's no way he could outdo a professional comedian. 
that's true. <laughs> but it, I mean, I feel like he gives off the energy of like maybe he thinks he could. So right. to back down, it's like ah, you're not as good as you thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> like ah, you shouldn't be scared. I'll tell you like this: if I was president, I'd be like, bring it on. I'm coming back. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, it's like, yeah, with the the first year that Obama did the White House Correspondents Dinner, yeah. the host, I forgot what it was. They're like, man, he was like funnier than me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's also because comedy writers liked him. I mean, right. Who was who was Trump going to get to write his comedy like fucking Jim Brewer? It's not going to. Yeah, it'd be like Jim Brewer, uh, this guy, Michael Loftus, probably. Yeah, Kid Rock. Uh, like what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> Diamond and Silk. Oh, yeah, right. They're terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, all those people aren't funny. It's like, that's the issue is I don't think he has enough funny people around him to, to sufficiently do great jokes. Right, right. Yeah. I and don't it know would that just... Biden does either, by the way. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it'll be um, it'll be very on brand for C-SPAN when he takes the stage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I wonder if they so, talk somebody, but we'll huh? see. I wonder if they did tap any comedy writers for Biden's speech. I hope they do. I hope they do. Uh, I wonder <laughs> who would it would be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, there's so much visibility and optics to this. I'm sure it would have to be like uh, they would purposely make it a diverse staff. I know, which... Okay. What? What if, if you want him what, to win? <laughs> yeah. What if they? What you like? Yeah. What if they hired Patty Harrison to do it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would be really funny. Yeah, that'd but, be really. Uh, really funny. <laughs> I yeah, feel like now. I'm, now I'm like sort of like yeah, actually do that because then I would love to hear Joe Biden say some dark shit. Yeah, I bet Patty would write a thing where Joe doesn't even know really what he's saying, but it's kind of making fun <laughs> <Yeah>. of him. <laughs> Now we have to start a campaign, get Patty to write. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, next item of news, uh, Barry, HBO's Barry uh, is renewed for season three. I mean, this is one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, 2019 feels like 10, 15 years ago, um, even though it was two. And uh, three like now. three years ago. Yeah. Three years ago. <laughs> Three years. Uh, no, I was just like <laughs> remarking on lot when lockdown happened, and that was what was stuck in my brain because that was March 2020. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, Barry was like you know critically acclaimed, a big hit for HBO, and uh, you know Bill Hader's like next step, and then it, you know it was another thing they had to get put on pause. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, for those who forgot, uh, Bill Hader plays an ex, uh, or uh, he plays a hitman who's trying to stop being a hitman and pursue acting. And uh, unfortunately, you know, as with any criminal enterprise, uh, the, the criminal enterprise doesn't really want you to leave. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, they're getting a third season at HBO, uh, essentially HBO Max. I wonder if that'll, you know, that, that's been an interesting sort of progression for HBO is the distinction between HBO and HBO Max. Yeah. Like Southside doesn't air on HBO, right? No, it's just HBO Max. Right. But yeah, I think it's, it's, it's probably the most iconic <laughs> uh, pairing to me right. because I'm like, you know, everyone I know who is under a certain age and they, well, not everyone I know, but a lot of the people I know are under a certain age. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and that age is like probably 50 uh-huh. and we all mostly watched it on streaming right so we everybody would watch hbo go so for a long time everybody was using my hbo go password right but then when they switched to hbo max they had their own content which is like Southside, all this stuff and hbo's content so it's like right me the biggest win in the world plus tbs's content right. whatever that may whoever that may interest which is sometimes me right. but it's like that's uh it's pretty cool yeah <laughs> i think it's probably the smartest thing because like people were gonna just pay for hbo go right and they get all this other shit too it's and I'm i not wonder what happened to the pub, public consciousness like I, I don't even know a single person that watches any actual hbo show on air like live yeah yeah, yeah like they would watch it at hbo max where they like the I think on the corporate side, there's a there's a sort of content distinction, but to the public, there's not. Right, right, right. Because the public, they I, I get brought up or just even mentioned among family as like, you know, I write for an HBO show. And it's like, well, I write for an HBO Max show, but I'm right. not here to correct you. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to like, well, yeah, the Sopranos is on HBO and HBO Max. Southside is only on HBO. Yeah, Max. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But everybody just watches HBO Max. So they're all like, everything I watch is on HBO then, huh? Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so Barry will uh, be on HBO and HBO Max for its third season. Okay. Next story. Uh, George Carlin. We're going to jump around here. George Carlin uh, is finally getting a documentary uh, covering his life. Uh, coming from Judd Apatow and Michael Bonfiglio. Um, There's been a trend, I think, especially through Showtime and HBO of comedy docs. Uh, You know, they've covered Chaplin, Dick Gregory, the Comedy Store. Um, They're even doing a behind the scenes of Sesame Street, which should be very interesting. I think that's- Oh, I watched that. It was great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh, it's out. It's right. on HBO Max, I think. Yeah, maybe HBO. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> HBO Max or HBO. I mean, yeah, it, it, that's the only way you're going to watch it, probably. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and so I, th- it, 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 yeah, there was one that uh, came out through Comedy Dynamics on Alu Bell, which was really great and shows how, like, <laughs> shows what real mental illness looks like in a comedian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're like, oh, you got Letterman all this time, but you're like broke now because you yeah. got your own way. Yeah, that is a lot of comedians. <laughs> Too many. Yeah. Too many. Yeah. Um, ignore the landline that is at this no, house. Good. There's a dog <laughs> running around here also. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it just it's just a noise that gives this color. So I mean I the I Gregory one was great, by the way. Huh? The Gregory one is probably my favorite that you mentioned. Oh, yeah. It was really, I mean, like, that's one of those things where you you knew he is a landmark comedian. He broke Mm -hmm. a lot of barriers, but knowing the actual details of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And He's the the first comedian I met when I was a kid, too. When uh, my dad had a, some way that we met him. I don't know what was happening, actually, now that I think about it. But <laughs> I just know there was a point where I met DeGregory. I think he even spoke at my career day when I was a kid. Really? Because of my parents. Wow. <laughs> I think they got him there. I don't know. 
Was he? Yeah. Was this at the point where he was uh, selling uh, like uh, those? Uh, yeah. Diets. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It was. It was either right because that was in Kid in uh, House Party. Mm-hmm. Passed me some of that to Gregory, and it was that was like around the same time I was in elementary school. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think a George Carlin doc is long overdue, especially. I mean, it seems um, the general public is really interested in the behind the scenes and the you know the actual stories behind the legends and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm glad too because this this will be like enough to shut up a lot of um, weirdos who misrepresent what he stood for. You know what are what are the what's this weirdo contingency that's uh, misrepresenting Carlin? I think there's a lot of like the whole free speech people are very much taking, uh, you know, we clearly have free speech. Right. So it's like, obviously nobody's taking it away. Right. But, uh, they did for like him and people before him. So it's like, yeah, this is what it looks like when they try to really take away your speech. Right. You saying slurs is not, and somebody being like, I don't want to hear that is not taking away free speech. No. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, reaches that people take where they're like, oh, if they're stopping me from saying this, that means they're going to stop you from saying what you want. It's like, I don't want to say any slurs, though. Right. Like, right. I have no interest. I'm just trying to tell jokes <laughs> that are funny. Like, I just want to be funny. Right. <laughs> and funny in a way that is not, I mean, you're always going to, there's always going to be somebody, uh, I should say, that's affected in a way in the content of a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that- like, of why it's funny sometimes yeah yeah but there is i mean you can almost sense the division between somebody being funny for funny's sake and then someone being malicious yeah yeah you know like there's a one example is in season one we have a joke i won't say that langston is the one who maybe wrote it but Maybe he did, but there's a joke where uh, this old activist is arguing with somebody mm-hmm. and then the woman is like something about Coretta Scott King and then the old activist is like, man, fucks Coretta, Coretta Scott King. She wasn't funny. And I've seen the internet be mad at that joke. And it's like, okay, I mean, that's expected, I guess. <laughs> but right. also in the context of the show, this woman marched with Coretta and was supposedly friends with her. And so right. she, she said this, and this was true to her character. So there's really, I didn't like none of us, we didn't do anything wrong. Right. This character would say this, and that this is based on like, right. You know, you're supposed to, these characters are supposed to exist in real life. And in real life, this character would say that because she knew her. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's, that's where comedy is like supposed to be, not, not in a way, not just to big up ourselves, but I feel like that's like that's structured joke in a scene mm-hmm. where it's, we're not trying to offend anyone. We're just saying this is how this character talks versus mm-hmm. like stand up. You can just say anything you want. That's rude. Mm-hmm. And that's you saying it. So I have a right to be mad at you <laughs> if you say a rude thing. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is also how free speech works. It's like you can say whatever you want, but people can also say whatever they want about what you ever said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah, and them say them freely speaking about what you said is not censorship. Right, right. Yeah. Yep. That's actually discourse. Yeah. Right. 
And I don't know, guys, if you're really worried about free speech, look what happens to you if you issue a death threat in the UK or anything that's happened in China in the last 10 years. <laughs> they changed the ending to Fight Club, guys. That, I know. I, I just read that today. It, the One of the dumbest moves, like, like, that looks so bad for them. What is the end now? Well, they had to change it back because there was such a public outcry. But basically... Uh, before all the buildings explode, they cut to black and then text like this text card uh, title card comes up uh, in the Fight Club font that says uh, basically like, oh, the cops, the authorities found uh, Tyler and uh, arrested everybody. What? <laughs> Which is like, did you watch the movie? Yeah. <laughs> You're like missing the point. Everybody watching is like, wow, this really uh, ended poorly. They didn't. They didn't know how to land the plane. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. never invented it this way. Yeah, no, it, it definitely feels like, like, uh, you know, <laughs> in a body snatching movie when you find out your friend is not your friend anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what it, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, next story. Um, Let's go with, yeah, Nikki Glaser is uh, going deeper into the world of reality television uh, after being a host for F-Boy Island is, I think, what they changed it to. They couldn't outright call it Fuckboy Island. I feel like in the host copy, she still says Fuckboy Island, but yeah. Good. It it should be. Yeah, Um, the title is F-Boy, yeah. Yeah, Nikki is now getting her own reality show on E!, uh, that will follow her life as a comedian, specifically one that moved back from Hollywood. Although I don't know if Nikki actually ever lived in Hollywood. <laughs> Probably not. Hollywood proper is a terrible place to live, just yeah, so yeah. everybody knows. Um, especially Hollywood Boulevard. It's the worst. Um, <laughs> yeah, she moved back to St. Louis uh, with her folks uh, during the pandemic and has kind of just, you know, moved on with her life uh, there. And so the show is going to follow that uh, that phase of her life. Oh, nice. In like a true reality sense. that, I, And I think this might be the first time in history that, that this sort of reality show uh, is done for a comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I can't... sort of uh, more... I mean, she's definitely a comedian, but she's reached a new territory of like celebrity too. Right. Where she's yeah, she's style. like comedian slash personality now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's what I mean. Right. But I don't. Yeah, I feel like most comedians at that point would use their cachet to like make a sitcom or some show. Yeah. Based on their life, rather than like, oh, let's just bring cameras in and light my where I live perfectly and just follow <laughs> what I'm doing. I wonder if they'll if they'll still make a sitcom out of it though. <laughs> like, I, I, it's like a, I feel like if somebody pitched that, it would probably go where it's like, well, I really in real life moved back with my parents in St. Louis, right? <laughs> well, maybe they could do uh, kind of like a Kevin can go f himself thing where there she does a sitcom based on her doing a reality show, yeah. and then she That's steps funny. out between the reality and like the actual sitcom, which would in the world of the show would feel like the real world. <laughs> Oh man, mind blown. 
Somebody get Nikki on the phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you, you could have episodes. Of, well, I, I, yeah, I wonder about, so like one of the things Nikki did during the pandemic, I think she did like some some like live stream or Zoom thing where she just like sang um, Taylor Swift songs or something like that. Well, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How much is that going to factor into the show is what I oh, wonder. Yeah. <laughs> And I just I, like I remember she's in the Taylor Swift documentary and then they had like a they talked to each other. Right. Yeah, that's I, pretty good. I hope uh I wonder what it's gonna be like. Consider I, you know, I remember years ago, uh I was at a Jiffy Lube and I and you know, back when we you just waited, like I didn't have a Wi-Fi hotspot on my phone, so I just sat and waited for my oil to be changed. And Duck Dynasty was on an episode of Duck Dynasty. Oh yeah. And the whole narrative arc of that episode was um, they there was this warehouse they wanted to clean out that the family wanted to clean out mm. just a bunch of old stuff, and then they ended up not cleaning it out because they found a ping pong table, and they just started playing ping pong. Yeah, and that's the whole episode. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's like Family Guy, where you think it's going one direction, and then it's just a whole new episode. It's like, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> Yeah, but it's like, all right, wouldn't that be like the first act break? Like, yeah. what is, but no, 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 it's the whole thing? Oh, that's the whole show. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's Okay, wow. All right, well. Well, I didn't watch Duck Dynasty, but I will watch Nikki's show. Yeah, no, I hope it's more exciting than that. Yeah, I think it will be. I mean, probably see some Andrew Collin cameos. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Oh, I think, yeah, no, he was in the Deadline article for sure. Oh, really? Um, okay, I... <sighs> All right, I, I'm curious of your take on this. I this might be the last news story based on how long this might take. Uh, so, in his ongoing, just sort of current spin out of control, Kanye uh, uh, offered Michael Che double his salary on SNL, uh, so uh, he wouldn't work with uh, Pete Davidson anymore, uh, ostensibly uh, because uh, Kim was, you know, kind of seeing Pete, maybe. <laughs> and he's just really mad at that. Yeah. I mean, based on how mad he is, I would take it that they really are seeing each other. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> based on his Instagram, uh, where he reposted texts from Pete and Kim. <laughs> like, this guy's, uh, yeah, he's a very upsetting figure, mm-hmm. particularly uh, being from Chicago and uh, really <laughs> feeling like he paved the way for a lot of new black nerd energy to come out of Chicago. But it's like, yeah, he's uh, he's out of his mind. <laughs> 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 Maybe I'm not supposed to say that, but he's, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's hey, agency going on. Yeah, I mean, that's progress is when people have the agency to, you know, they freely express however they want, including calling out people that they formerly looked up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, it's upsetting to watch live, uh, especially because it's like, man, you're really ter- like, maybe it's having a daughter now, but I'm like, you're really like making it weird. Yeah, for, for your kids more than anything. That's that's where I'm like, right you're out of your mind you know that the whole everything else i don't i don't like that he's harassing his ex right. at all right. uh that's terrible terrible as well but when you really start thinking about north it's like there's a lot of things and i think azalea banks who i don't normally agree with right. said something about how he's really fucking with north in this whole situation because he cried when he was running for president about mm-hmm. him wanting an abortion 
right of north and then there's also like he puts north in the middle of all these arguments and then he treats saint like a saint obviously his son and then like you know north is just catching the brunt of all this bullshit and it's like hey man just be cool for for your for your kids man i, I don't i don't even know you i don't know your life but right. just your I, I just think about north and the other daughters <laughs> in those situations and the son i mean all of them are seeing weirdness from their dad that's not cool right so for that, he uh, I think he needs to change his ways. And as far as the Michael Che thing, what is it like? Che likes working. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think people offer money in a way that they forget that people like working too. Yeah, I mean, Che left the Daily Show to go be on Weekend Update. Morning. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then to then become head writer, it's like I don't think he's gonna accept this money because he likes his job. Right. <laughs> Uh, Chase said in response, uh, and I'm not quoting verbatim here, but he uh, was like, I, I don't um, turn on my friends yeah, dot, yeah. Dot, dot, unless it's for triple my salary. Yeah, which he said was 90 grand, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and then what else? What else? That was a funny post. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. Did Kanye learn nothing when he like went on stage uh, when Taylor Swift was yeah. it's like, He's doing the same shit. It's uh yeah, he's he's upsetting a lot of people. I think. Yeah. yeah. The thing that I remember from the Taylor Swift thing too was like mm-hmm. something that cool that came out of it was he said he had a dinner with Taylor mm-hmm. afterwards, and then somehow it got reported. You know, I guess there is no privacy when you're that famous at some point, but in there somewhere they reported that he told Taylor, like, you know, now they're your now that you're the underdog and they're pushing you towards the top, just know that once you're at the top, everyone just wants you to fall. Sure. And it is funny because I watched that happen with Taylor where she got so popular that then everybody was like, I fucking hate Taylor. All she does is sing about her exes and all this bullshit. And it's like, right. that's what happens when you get people push you and they feel like some ownership of you. Right. Where they're like, yeah, no, we made you famous. So then Taylor, uh, got on the other side of it for a little bit which is which is crazy but i mean i don't care about any of these people so. no. No, <laughs> I, don't. I mean I, I wish them all all the best right uh, including taylor i don't i like that song she has with ed sheeran uh and future weirdly but yeah mm-hmm. uh what is it yeah about? we it's almost it's it's been so long and she's risen so high you forget that she started as a country star yeah 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 an under like a country star who was underdogging her way into pop culture or like being a pop star. Yeah. And the minute she became a pop star, people were like, I don't fuck with you. Right. Which, and then it's, it's always weird to see that, like, you know, when you get that level of success, your art, you know, reflects that reality of like, now you're using your art to respond to criticism. Yeah. 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 Rather <laughs> than just express like your yeah. view of the world. Yeah. Which is like, I feel like that's a little bit what Kanye is on. Mm-hmm. I like a couple songs, but I mean, a lot of it is like, you can't tell me not to say anything. It's like, fine, fine, fine. I can't. And I mean, there's large comedians who are as disappointing to me where a lot of their specials are just them criticizing people, giving them backlash. And it's like, but what is your joke? <laughs> like, <laughs> what's your song? What's your joke? Like, I don't, I don't care that people don't like you. I, I like you. So let me hear the joke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. I need to, I need to still address this. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not a bad person. I think that's where it's all, it comes out of fear. Yeah. 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 
is what I I'm think. a good guy and you all yeah. are wrong. It's like, sure, but what is the joke you have to tell me? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, okay, so that I think that's going to be the last news story. There's, <laughs> there's more that we uh, could have gotten to, but we don't. I um, So Southside, you've been with Southside the whole time? Yeah, yeah. And so, like, yeah, I mean, so what has the journey been like from, you know, being at, at Comedy Central at, you know, I hope I don't ruffle any feathers here, but as they're sort of on their decline <laughs> and then like, you know, finding your way through the darkness to HBO Max. I mean, as an acclaimed show, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thank you. It's uh, it's been a wild journey. It's been a very fun journey. Even though the rest of the country doesn't want to hear how sunny in Los Angeles it is right now, that doesn't save Angelinos from it being very dry. It's still kind of a desert out here. So with that in mind, you might want to quench that dry, dry skin. And it might be so thirsty and leaving it feeling very smooth with Way Melrose Place Body Cream. It's fast absorbing to nourish your skin when you need it most and it has hydration that lasts. Uh, thanks to high-quality nourishing ingredients like squalane, coconut oil, kupuasu butter, and coconut oil. Experience the new way Melrose Place body cream and body cleanser, your body, your way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use Believe to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, code Bleav. That's spelled B-L-E-A-V. I hope you would know that by now. Well, like the people who met, who I met with before I started working on the show were like, Kellen and Kelsey and they were fantastic and they took over uh, the development side. So they're the ones who even introduced me to Bashir and Diallo. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, and Kellen specifically was the one who like orchestrated a lot of the, uh, the meetings and the reading my pilot over there and then having them meet with me and everything. So that was like very cool. Mm -hmm. And then uh, after that, I don't know anything behind the scenes, but, (laughs) but I know, like, I know I was like, Oh man, people, don't know about the show in a way that I feel like they should. Right. So I existed for a long time in that space mm-hmm. where it was one of those things I was just like proud of because it was like, man, I can't believe I got to work on a show about Chicago after moving from Chicago to New York. Right. Then moving to LA to work on a show about Chicago that then flew me back to Chicago to shoot. I'm like, <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Like what a weird way the world works. And I, that was just my brain at the time when season one came out. Right. And then in writing, even in writing season two for Comedy Central, which we did initially, mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, yeah, great. Season two is going to be funny. We're going to it's going to be really funny. We've got some great episode ideas and everything. And like, I can't believe uh, we're still going to do this. And then <laughs> and then the switch happened after the writer's room mm-hmm. of season two. And but like we had a, a little smaller HBO Max writer's room after we got picked up. But it, between writing the season and then shooting it all the switches happened right so like it was interesting because we, I, we existed on that same plane from before and then 
the news came out that it was moving to HBO Max. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, cool, that's great. And then, but you don't really think about it because you're still working on the plane of like, this is the show that we all love that we think people should be watching. Right. And then the day of, uh, of shooting season two is when maybe like three days after it came out on HBO Max. Right. And it was just funny because day one of shooting season two, we're all on our, like on our phones looking at like, wow, Snoop Dogg watched the show. Jada Pinkett said this is her favorite show. Like, wait, what? Is this like a, are people watching the show now? <laughs> right. It's like, well, yeah, so it's not even like a, I'm not even trying to like shade comedy, but it is wild that, you know, it is a wild existence to then all of a sudden have a show that people watch. And then you're like, wait, right. Guys, we're, we're on a popular show. <laughs> Day one of shooting season two, where it's like, well, now I can't wait to like, yeah, I mean, you in a different way. There is something there because I feel like, you know, after Broad City, Comedy Central was desperately looking for another like scripted hit. Right. Yeah. And I think that they made a lot of stuff that I mean, is now lives at HBO Max or has found its way to HBO Max that like it was that what you're talking about, like people love like the other two people love the other two. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at the same time, and they came on a little bit before us, but it was like their season two dropped. I mean, like, I think a little bit before ours. But it was one of those things where, yeah, the other two was great. It was I watched it on Comedy Central because I had to have Comedy Central to watch Southside. Right. I was like, man, do people even know about this other two show? It's funny as fuck. Right. Yeah. And that, that it's like, what is happening where this show is great? And in like, why are why are you not talking about it more? You, the network, why are you not <laughs> talking about it more? <laughs> and thus Twitter, why are you not talking about it more? Yeah, but it's yeah, it's 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 cool. It's definitely cool to be on HBO Max because you're like, man, this is like. It's just wild. I mean. I've been now in a in a world where I have no interest in uh mm. in like being uh recognized outside of my home by anyone. <laughs> I like I like anonymity, but it is like interesting to if people are gonna come up to me, I'm happy it's because of that, because they have HBO Max and they're watching the show and it's like, right. hey, you're the dude from that HBO that well, they don't say that, but they say you're the dude from Southside. Like I was at a comedy show. This dude talked to me for like uh, 45 minutes afterwards the other day. Right. He was like, yo, I knew when, when you got on stage, I told my girl, like, that's the guy from the heat scene. I was like, wow, you really watch the show? Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's crazy to me. That's wild. <laughs> right. Is yeah. there is there any tangible differences between writing at network versus streaming service or, or just a different set of expectations, anything like that? Probably expectations. I don't know. Uh, there's probably more notes in a network room right? than a, uh, a streaming room. I don't know. Wherever there's, it's really all down to the, a lot of the producers. And because I haven't created my own show yet, I'm very close, I feel like. Ooh. there's. I don't get all the notes or anything, so I don't even know what the notes really look like. Just at, the, at other shows, I've been told the notes as they come in, and then you're like, Oh, this is so much <laughs> right. there's so much feedback already like we barely we have an outline and they've already got a bunch of feedback but that's other shows but uh maybe just Bashir and Diallo the way they present it to us we don't feel like we hear you know I think they're just all great showrunners right here and Bashir Diallo and, and Blyden are just so great at like mm-hmm. making sure we just all work together to make a fun show right versus like informing us of shit that's upsetting them or 
shit that the notes are saying. Well, it's I think that also coincides. Yeah. Yeah, I think that coincides with the freedom of being on streaming. So like on streaming, you know, even if it's ad supported, you don't have to write to Abrix anymore. Like an episode doesn't have to be like a sacred 22, like 25, yeah. whatever it is. You know, oh, we, we can have a 36 minute episode. We can have a 20 minute episode. We can have a 40 minute, like who cares? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, you know, that's how- why I'm excited to write season three because mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, the first time we'll have no parameters with time. Right. Really? And, yeah, it's, and you can uh, just tell the story fun. you want to tell with all the jokes, you know? Yeah. Because the way season two worked was we still had to maintain most of the 30 minute structure. Right. For network, because that's how we wrote it initially. Mm-hmm. But then we just had time to let scenes breathe more. Right. So that was fun. But now it's like, now we can just write a straight up 37 minute episode if we want. Yeah. So like, that'll be fun. Does that leave more room for like improvising with the actors where they could just do like a bunch of takes of a one scene and just like, all right, we'll keep it all in. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We, we will see. Yes. Yeah. Well, when, when is uh, season three uh, due out? Like, when do you think people can see it? I don't know. Hopefully soon. Like this year, maybe later this year. That would be cool. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can't say for sure, but like, I know, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I, I would, I think that would be very cool if we did, because right. I think the demand is there in a way that it hasn't been. So I do think, like, probably there's some push, you know, right? Where- Especially as like, you know. I, I think there's something it's almost like a commodity now shows that TV shows that are uh, like it's comedies that are set not in LA or New York. I yeah. mean, that's always kind of been a thing, but I feel like it's even more emphatically thing, a uh, thing now, you know, with Southside Atlanta, like it's in the name of the show. Yeah. 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 Abbott elementary too is very Philly. I love yeah. it. Oh yeah. Yeah. They wear Philly very proudly. Yeah. 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 The white teacher is almost borderline like, well, it's like a walking stereotype. <laughs> on yeah. Abbott? On uh, Abbott, yeah. I forget I forget her name, but yeah, she she's just like, <laughs> seems like the sort of person who um, had like uh, batteries in a sock <laughs> at the Eagles game. <laughs> but it's specific. Yeah. <laughs> and no, that's there's a, uh, you know, the podcast, yeah. The Dollop? I don't know that one. That's Gareth Reynolds and Dave Anthony's podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, Dave. Oh, Dave, sorry, years and I mean, it's why he gets the tour of the world now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he covers these weirder, darker quarters of history, primarily American history. There's one entire episode that is dedicated to how shitty Philadelphia fans are. Wow. I mean. Because it. they are. I mean, like, they are. I know of that's them won like, them a Super Bowl, and they're like, "No, yeah, fuck this guy." As a Chicagoan, we're pretty bad fans too, but we have we have good reason to be bad fans. <laughs> our football, our football fans are notoriously horrible. We boo our own quarterbacks and shit like that. It's like, come on, man. So I, I, res- I, I, I respect horrible fan bases (laughs) well what do you think the chicago good reasons are i mean i I just as you said that i like well you know walter payton really was that great and you're yeah uh, that's it 
Yeah. Well, I think we're always critical of quarterbacks because even when we had a Super Bowl winning quarterback, mm-hmm. he wasn't even the star. You know, Walter Payton was a star. It was not even like it wasn't his team. Right. So we just feel like maybe we've never had a quarterback who owned the team. Right. And that's why we boo. But also, I think because we win, we are bad fans. <laughs> it's weird to win and then expect that sort of win. They're not just like small teams. They're iconic teams. Right. Like the Bears team, the Super Bowl Bears right. is iconic in football history. Right. So it's like we want we want you to live up to that all the time. And then basketball. I mean, come on. We got probably the best team of our uh, generation. So, yeah, I uh, I will say that I think bad fans are a direct result of winning teams mm-hmm. and bad weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Like you are, you got to stay inside because the weather's terrible outside. You know, like, and this is leaves this being the only thing to do. Yeah, yeah. That's why childhood is. Anybody my age probably has such fond childhood memories because it's like, right? Yeah, we were inside, but we were just watching Michael Dunk, Michael Jordan, fucking kill everyone. So L A. might be one of the old. Come on, man. L A. might be one of the only places on the planet where like. No matter where you're from, you can find a bar that is reps your team. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've been to a, I don't know, that was New York. In New York, I went to a few Bears bars. Uh-huh. L.A., I think there is a Bears bar that serves like deep dish pizza somewhere around sure. here. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, well, like a Geno's East here in L.A. or something? There is a Geno's East in Burbank, I think. Yeah, there, there is. Or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Chicago. We generally eat this thing called tavern pizza, mm-hmm. thin crust. This place mm-hmm. called Italian Fiesta has it. D'Agostino's yeah. has pizza. It's like a cracker crust kind of. Uh, but the thin crust is where we really shine. But everybody knows the deep dish, right? Which actual like legit Chicago deep dish is just like you look at it and you feel full. Oh yeah, my stomach hurts immediately. <laughs> like, <laughs> No, I'm lactose intolerant. Like Chicago pizza. Oh, yeah. 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 There's a place called Pizza and Oven Grinder that does like a variation of deep dish where like you you bake it upside down, mm-hmm. but then you have to eat it in a weird way. And that's that's good because it's a variation. But then the overall, I still eat deep dish a good amount, especially when I'm home. But right. It's, you can't eat it all the time. It's no it's, it's a terrible dietary thing if you do that. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, there's deep dish out here that I don't, that is like, it's genuine, genuine, genuinely an LA take on it. And I mm-hmm. do think it is almost better for that reason where it's not so massive. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they don't, they don't bake the crust over the top. Like it's legit, a legitimate pie. Yeah. That's what uh, oven grinder does. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh where is this? I got to find this place. Blackbird is really great. A lot of people love Masa and Echo Park, but Blackbird's oh, on the Masa. Masa gave us pizza at the end of uh, season one. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, uh, I would say Doughbox is really, really good for deep dish here in LA. One of the things that me and my roommate did to get through uh, quarantine was we went to a different indie pizza place every week in LA. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Because, and we ended up going to like 65. Damn. Which one was like, how do you feel about luggage room? Uh, luggage room was like, okay. I mean, there were ones that were like, eh, there's a lot of hype, but this is just like fine. Casa Bianca. 
Casablanca was was pretty good. I yeah, uh, like Casablanca. Yeah, yeah. Cosa and Echo Park was really great. If you want like Neapolitan, okay. I like that chef a lot, which yeah. I've gotten weird since the pandemic. But yeah, <laughs> I really love that. Like, I will give the you know uh, part of the reason we did that was like LA gets so much flack for like not having like good pizza or like more accurately not having pizza representative of where anybody moved from. And like, you yeah. don't live there anymore. Yeah, of course yeah. we don't. <laughs> yeah for east coasters go to Vito's on la cienega i mean that's legit east coast pizza okay but um i would say that the thing about la pizza that's great over any other city that like lives and breathes pizza is that we just because it's such a legitimate melting pot out here we experiment with pizza so much and it's really fun yeah yeah like people, i mean people should honey on, on their pizza or Korean pizza. There's like a place called Korean Town Pizza Company where you can get like bulgogi on your pizza. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it's great. We like LA has inventive chefs, which I really respect. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I got a book right here. I'll show you how into LA chef culture I am. Got the Roy Choi book on hand. Oh yeah. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm pretty obsessed with uh, with cooking at this point in my life and with like. Specifically chefs. I do have a friend. I'm just going to shout her out. Adrian Cheatham. She mm-hmm. was number two on Top Chef. Uh, I think couple years, I was in New York. So maybe like four or five years ago. Right. She's got a book coming out March 29th. Check it. Nice. Cookbook. It's about Southern food elevated. Southern, I think, is her main style. But like people are doing cool shit with food right now. And a lot of it is uh, some a good amount of people are in L.A. Eddie Wong moved to L.A. for that reason. So did David Chang, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because we fusion isn't a dirty word to us, right? Right, right, and and like some of the best street food comes from just like you know people making do with what they have, or like you know they're from a certain place, but they love tacos, so they'll just like, well, we'll put our thing in a taco. Yeah, I mean Roy Choi was uh, one yep. of those who invented that that sort of fusion. That's not. It's like it's an authentic fusion. I think where Eddie Wong usually gets upset at the word fusion is like when it feels inauthentic, but it's like, if you're from LA, you eat tacos. Yeah. So if you're from, if you're Korean and from LA, you're eating Korean tacos probably. Cause you have to, you know, you're just taking what you love and making one food. Right. So that kind of fusion I respect. Right. And that's where I, I think about that when people uh, bring up cultural appropriation I think there are definitely lines and cases where like, okay, that's bad. Yeah. I do like people being influenced. So we could have Korean tacos. Yeah. Me too. That's the thing. And there's different stuff like that. where like, Oh man, there was this place by stand up New York Mm -hmm. that had Chinese Mexican food. Right. And I, I don't know, maybe I was just very, very high every time I had to travel all the way up to 78th. Yeah. But <laughs> every time I'd eat it, I'd be like, yo, that is fantastic food. Yeah. <laughs> like, just the merging of like of Chinese and Mexican. It's like, oh, those are two of my favorite cuisines. And you just put them together. Yeah. It shouldn't be good. But sometimes this food is delicious. I forget the name of the place even, but it's right by Stand Up New York. Right. Yeah. I have mole pizza in this 65 <laughs> like pizza place tour. That was amazing, but that's like yeah. so sacri- like sacrilegious with like p- pizza purists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pizza's so weird too, because like any fusion of that, it's like 
you're not even eating Italian food when you eat pizza in America, you know? No. no. <laughs> and I mean, isn't pizza in its kind of conception is more American than it is Italian, right? I think so. The the pizza that yeah, I'm trying to think because obviously my in-laws are directly from Italy. But yeah. I'm like, <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, what are I'm trying to think of the pizza we've had. I mean, a lot of it is Greek style pizza. Sure. Which is delicious. Uh, it's right across the Mediterranean. Right. So I, I think in there, I, it just doesn't look like, like margarita pizza, I think makes more sense as far as how they eat pizza in Italy. Yeah. Where it's like, it's not the the beautifully formed cheese stops directly at the crust all the way to the, it's like, no, it's just balls of mozzarella that melt. Yeah. Tomato sauce. It's not quite fully formed, but it is very good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, uh, it's only a matter of time before somebody does a comedy show at any number of new pizza places that have popped up in LA. <laughs> yeah. I think the newest one is Juicy, maybe, oh, uh, really? on La Brea. I would like to have a food truck that we stand up on top of and do comedy shows every now and then. Hell yeah, man. That'd be great. Yeah. Howard Kramer, Howard Kramer had some fun shows where we used to just go, like we had one where we would, did you ever go to that one? Which one? In Echo uh, Park where we'd walk around. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. And he's bringing that back tonight, although he's oh, really back to Los Feliz. Uh, okay. I'm down. Yeah, hey, yeah. whatever's clever, man. I, I like doing anything Howard does. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, those shows were fun, but it's like that. We're like, what if, what if like one of the stops is on top of my food truck whenever yeah. that come out what what food would you serve uh i've got some ideas it will be a lot of american cuisine a lot of uh but i'm my real goal is to get southern cuisine healthy which yeah. I, do. <laughs> I brought up adrian i think her book might try to do that too right right obviously she's a professional chef but <laughs> i'm just a comedian who really likes cooking but i mean yeah so i'm gonna take notes from her for sure but i, I would like I mean, if I involve her, that'll be amazing. I'd have to pay her right. a lot of money. Right. So, and what would that be like? Okra <laughs> yeah. air fried instead of deep fried? Right. Something like that. I mean, yeah, like there's got to be options to make enjoyable food healthy. Yeah. Either, as it stands, I do not enjoy quote unquote healthy food. Right. My doctor, yeah, there, there is a branding problem, especially like I think it, there's a narrative in our culture, especially, I mean, look at what the, the, like bullshit they serve at comedy clubs like it's yeah unhealthy food because you're drunk and it's like i don't want lentils when i'm wasted exactly exactly but like make it sound like oh man what is this place we ate at i forget oh uh there's a philly cheesesteak or something from this place called ez in silver lake Mm -hmm. it's made of mushrooms it's so good there's no like meat in it right there's like just different spots that have that's the thing about LA different spots will have these good cuisines, but healthy. Right. But I don't find all of them in one sp- specific spot. It's always like, Oh, I got to go to Silver Lake for this. And then Melrose for this. <laughs> <laughs> or like, well, because like, I think you can make a restaurant just off of like that one thing. Like if you, you're known for that thing, like yeah. people will come for the thing, you know, I know, but it means this fucking city, you got to drive everywhere too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, we were driving city, man. I know, I know. It, it's a lot. Of, I'm, I'm a big driver now, and I don't understand right. how that happened, but yeah. I will tell everybody listening, if you ever have the experience of actually trying to legitimately walk around LA for a long time, you'll just be like, wow, there are so many 
car repair shops. Yeah, yeah. I've never lived in a place that didn't have three car repair shops surrounding it. Right. And now I, I remember the first time I went to New York City, I was struck by like the fact like, where's the gas station? I don't yeah. see any <laughs> gas stations because they're so prolific out here. You can't like go like a quarter mile without seeing one. I didn't even think about that. I've very rarely like looked for a gas station when I go Because you back. don't need to. Yeah. You don't need to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, thanks so much for joining us, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this was really fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, you can, yeah, I, can, I would talk about cooking forever, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we'll do that in another app. We'll, you know, whenever it's like, I don't know, some weird food appreciation day. There's so many of those out of the year. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll like do comedy, it again. Comedy, sure, sure, sure. Now let's talk food. <laughs> sure. I mean, I feel like Dave Chang wants to be a comedian. Oh, yes? for sure. Yeah. Eddie, yeah. Eddie Wong's done stand-up too. Yeah. I feel like David is close. I mean, he's best friends with Aziz. He's he's gotta at least have the bug kind of. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. It'll yeah. be like he'll be on stage with somebody and then you know he'll just yeah, it'll it'll happen for sure. It'll happen for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, where can people find you online? What else would you like to promote? Uh at Mr. Will Miles on everything, including TikTok. There may be only one video up there because I uh I don't know, I don't feel like posting, but I don't post a lot on every other social media either. So hey. Right. But you can see good stuff every now and then at, at Mr. Will Miles uh, on Twitter, Instagram. Right. And then uh, watch Southside when it comes out. Watch the old seasons again or watch them if you've never watched them. Yeah. W- watching on HBO Max. <laughs> oh, and I got a Comedy Central set coming out on YouTube at some point soon, too. Oh, Mark. is that the uh, Comedy Central stand up presents, presents. Yeah. featuring? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff. I got all that <laughs> on the video coming out in, cool. at, I think, the end of March. Yeah, I forget. But yeah, so that'll be fun, too. Nice. Go check all of that out. Uh, I'm Jake Kroger. I created the Comedy Bureau. You can find the Comedy Bureau at thecomedybureau.com, at the Comedy Bureau across socials. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at NotTheSupermarket, and on Twitter at I'm Jake Kroger. There's so many great causes to support at this time. I ask that you please support those. But if you have money and generosity left over after that, Please support the Comedy Bureau because it's 11 years old and I'd like to keep it running for 11 more and 11 more after that. Um, do you have anything to say as we sign off here? Congrats on 11 years to 11 more. Hell yeah. Thanks, man. Much, much appreciated. Uh, live comedy is still happening and comedy on TV and elsewhere. It's just all going on and it'd be really great if you keep on supporting it. And as the great Stephen Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it. <laughs> the Comedy Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Guineo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe Podcast family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Hold up. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.